Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. podcast i am bj Rydell, back here with my guy drew mahold and today we're going to be talking about where your minnesota vikings offense stands heading into free agency and the nfl draft um so it's late february we're right on the cusp here of march which for me at least kind of signifies the new year um start of free agency everything starts kind of kicking it up a little bit more you start hearing more rumors teams start making kind of more aggressive transactions and uh, you start to see those big contracts come out and uh, things seem to change a little bit. So, you know, we know where the Vikings stand at the end of last season. Uh, today, we're going to spend some time kind of where they're heading now. Um, obviously, there are some guys who are, you know, probably not going to return. Um, and there are going to be some holes that the Vikings are going to need to fill, even though uh, for the most part, at least offensively speaking, uh, they're pretty set heading into next season. That being said, uh, there is room for improvement as always. And so we'll take a look at some of those things. Um, and we'll try to get you guys out of here in about 30 minutes or so. So that's the game plan for today. And then next week we will cover defense and special teams. Um, and then we'll move on to something else after that. So uh, let's get it started here. Uh, so like I said, the, the Vikings offense generally speaking is pretty well set. I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to be your quarterback next season, barring something absolutely ridiculous. You know, I know Peter King brought up the Deshaun Watson trade and people love that. And um, I know the Jimmy Garoppolo thing has been thrown around, but realistically speaking, we're going to work under the notion that Chris, that Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback in 2021. Uh, same can be said for Dalvin cook, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, um, your main cogs, you know, Riley Reef is probably going to return. Ryan O'Neill is expected to be the guy at right tackle still. Uh, of course, you're going to have, you know, Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland's probably going to get a full season to start um, at one of the guard spots. Uh, so a lot of the holes are pretty, pretty well set. We, we have a good idea of what this Vikings team is going to look like. Uh, but kind of from your vantage point, you know, looking at the landscape of the offensive depth chart right now, uh, there are some, some holes. Um, and what do you think, to, what do you consider to be the greatest hole or where do you think the Vikings should be more the most aggressive in terms of their pursuit of a new position player? Um, I like a receiver. I think that's the most important 
and um, where the Vikings should go first round if the opportunity presents itself in this draft. Given, well, assuming that they get um, and keep the 14th pick, um, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, those are the guys that, um, you know, I see like right every, I think it was the last year we didn't, we perceived, you know, Lamb, Jerry Judy, these guys to be, you know, top five potentially your top 10 picks. They slid down to the mid. Uh, the middle of the first round. So it's very conceivable that one of those guys is available at 14. And if one of them is Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, kind of your blue chip elite receivers, I think you pull the trigger on one right there, um, regardless of which one it would be. And I say that because, so you you look around the league, um, the best offenses, uh, I, I feel like it's it's more common to see a a group of really good receivers among the top offenses uh, rather than a really good offensive line. And now I think it's different because Kirk, you know, their mobility is different, right. Compared to your Rogers and your Mahomes um, and things like that. But you see, you know, in Kansas city, you've got your threat of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey at your receiving options. Right. Um, you have uh, Seattle, you have Tyler Lockett, you have DK Metcalf. Uh, you have a, a couple of options there. Now the Vikings have Thielen and Justin Jefferson. So that's a, absolutely one of the top two, three, uh, you know, one, two punches in football receiver, but Hamlin Thielen's not getting any younger. Um, and the Vikings are essentially one injury away from having, you know, the same issue where you have basically one competent receiver and then kind of a bunch of fringe roster guys that, um, are basically on this roster because there's nothing really, uh, much to c- compete with there. So, they need to address receiver um, explosive plays are sort of the best indicator of successful offense and a successful team um, nowadays in the NFL. I mean, you look at Tampa Bay, look at all the weapons on that team that really brought them over the top. They have at least um, three receivers and they might have five. If right. We're being I mean, like, you know, like going all really good players. Jefferson. Yeah. I right. mean, we don't know what to the extent Tyler Johnson, what can he do in the NFL? We don't know because he didn't really get the chance to show right. it. And but it's when not he did an, play, it looked good. Right. Right, right, exactly. Scotty Miller didn't look, I mean, like a scrub by any means. Right. Um, so it, there's there's a huge case to be made about getting as many weapons on your team as possible. You saw it with the Bills, too. They get digs in there with uh, Cole Beasley, John Brown. You know, that's a solid yep. trio right there. So the Vikings, you know, that, I think that's sort of your ceiling to this aspect, right? It's just getting that, that three-receiver punch that you got there that opens up so many doors for your offense. And then worst case scenario, you have that insurance in the event that one of them does go down, whether it's Jefferson or Thielen, um, you still have two solid weapons on the outside, two really good ones at that uh, for your quarterback to work around and your offense to kind of drive behind. So uh, that's where I would go. I think receiver is the top priority. And then from their offensive line, uh, when I look at this offense. So I'll be honest with you. I didn't think wide receiver was going to be the first position that was going to come up here today. I thought it would come up eventually. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be the top priority. And I imagine a lot of our the people listening to this show are probably screaming guard, right? That's probably the the first yeah. thing. Um, and there are other you know other positional groups as well. Anyone, you know, people are probably clamoring for Riley Reef to be replaced as well. If you can go out and get like Russell Okung or or something like that. Um, but wide receiver is right. I mean, you're not wrong about this. Uh, it, it's not just that you need three receivers anymore. It's also that the Vikings kind of needs a specific type of wide receiver, right? Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, 
you mentioned that you have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and we know that both of those guys can play both in the slot and on the outside. But if you go out and get, you know, someone else to complement their games, uh, what does Adam Thielen do best at this stage in his career? He's a great possession receiver. He loves to move the chains. He's great for 12 yards. Uh, he's good in that fade in the back of the end zone. Amazing hands. You can trust him to catch the football if it's thrown towards him. Is he going to beat guys downfield anymore? I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I don't see him as the guy on the Vikings to be the guy to, you know, get you 30, 40 yards downfield. To me, that's the Justin Jefferson role now. Um, so you have kind of the ability to manipulate your offense and depending on what style of receiver you want to bring in. I mean, you could, the Vikings don't really have a gadget guy anymore. I know that that's never worked out for the Vikings in the past or in the recent past, at least. Uh, Percy Harvin probably being the really the only example mm-hmm. of a gadget guy that worked out super well. But he could also run routes and play the wide receiver position. Right. But you don't have one of those on your roster right now. And you have to look beyond what, you know, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson as well. I mean, there's going to be a third receiver. We don't necessarily know who that's going to be, but someone's going to be getting 30, 40, 50 snaps a game. Uh, Right now, it looks like that's going to be BC Johnson if nothing changes. And behind BC Johnson, I am not thrilled in the least. In the least. Chad Beebe's garbage. I, I don't get why some of you guys cling to him. I'll never really understand it. Uh, he makes one good play every once in a while, and we want to keep him around forever. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. And then you've got the other two guys here, Dan Chisina or Chisena or Chisina or whatever the hell. How are the hell you say his name? He should be on the Vikings roster, period. He's not even a good special teamer. And he's listed as your number six receiver right now. And number five is KJ Osborne, who can't feel the punt. I don't really trust him to catch a football either. So you basically have – two superstar receivers, one guy who, you know, I think BC Johnson is a quality receiver. I think he's going to have a five or six year NFL career, maybe more if he gets better. Um, I don't think Chad Beebe's really worth much. Uh, But that all being said, it doesn't just need to be Jamar Chase or, you know, whoever you want as the number one receiver. There's some good options in free agency. There's some good options in the third, fourth, fifth round as well. Uh, but you, like, let me list off some of these names here to you. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna completely ignore the top ten receivers because we know that the Vikings aren't gonna go after Allen Robinson. Oh, I guess I shouldn't say that because they did it once before. They, but they probably will not be going off after Allen Robinson. I feel like the the cap situation will limit them in that sense anyway. They'll right. have to probably go a little cheaper in this in this realm here. So looking at realistic receiving options uh, relative to free agency, I'm gonna ignore the draft for the time being. Uh, you got Keelan Cole, who's, of course, in Jacksonville. Nice number three receiver. McCardell. Mm-hmm. They, uh, exactly. Yeah, pull him in. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's also got a market value of $3.5 million right now, according to SpotRec. Uh, so that's well within the Vikings' range. You look at some of these other guys that are down here. Curtis Samuel hasn't panned out well at all in Carolina. The, quote, gadget role. Um, I mean, does he have some nice plays? Absolutely. Uh, is he scary with the ball in his hands? For sure. But is it still difficult to get the ball into his hands maybe a little bit similar to what Corderell Patterson experienced at the professional level? I think so, personally. So you've got a guy like him who is being given a sub $2 million market value right now. He's also very young. There's room for improvement there. And if you trust your hire of Keenan McCardell, I mean, mean, just like you're saying, you know, a guy who worked with uh, Keelan Cole down in Jacksonville, I mean, who's to say that he couldn't bring in, you know, turn this guy into a more efficient route runner, like kind of how he was in his career. If you think back to Keenan McCardell and what he was good at, I mean, he was no burner. He wasn't an athletic specimen. He ran routes and he did things well. So you could, you know, theoretically teach a guy like that. Um, And then you've got some other guys down here too, that I think that the Vikings have, you know, some ties to, 
you know, Mohamed Sanu, of course, played in Cincinnati when Mike Zimmer was there. I know that he hasn't been super efficient since leaving Atlanta. Um, still a quality player. Philip Dorsett, if you want to get a guy that's a straight vertical threat and have someone go over the top just to kind of create space underneath for your guys, another option that's probably going to be in the Vikings range in terms of market value. And then the one that I that kind of sticks out to me like a sore thumb, and I don't think anyone's going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyways, is Nelson Aguilar, who, yes, he's got a problem catching the ball two years ago. This year in Oakland, I know no one even paid a whole lot of attention to him because – you know, first of all, they're an AFC opponent. Vikings fans probably don't get out to that round. He, he was uh, productive. He was productive. He had over 800 yards, significantly less drops. And Derek Carr is kind of a similar quarterback, too, to what Kirk Cousins does. So uh, there are options here. Um, is there anyone to you um, in your mind that you'd like to see the Vikings add? Because I think they got to add someone in free agency. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't need to add someone in the draft also, but I think they need to spend some money there. Yeah, I like the Aguilar idea a lot, actually. Um, and... You know, I, the drop thing, he's certainly got the reputation, I think, from his days in Philly. And it's not like it went away um, with right. the Raiders, but um, he has the athleticism. And I think the route running is there, too. Not quite as clean or precise as someone like Jefferson, but he certainly has the separation, um, you know, skill set uh, to be a, a third option that can easily separate. You could trust him to get open if you need uh, you know, a third down conversion. That's another guy, which I don't think the Vikings have besides Thielen and Jefferson at the position. So that'd be a nice add. But I think either way, you can't, I, I, I can't, if I'm running the team, I am definitely not going into camp with BC and or BB as your number three receiver um, or any of those guys. I mean, you have to get one, if not two uh, options that can be, you know, at your three and four uh, as depth behind Thielen Jefferson. And for what's worth, like, I, I don't know if this was the plan, but Sharp, Tajay Sharp was maybe supposed to be like kind of a, another depth piece there. Oh, we and were just, very wrong about him, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Super that, wrong. So this, that's another thing to think about here with this whole, you know, going after a cheap free agent receiver. Um, how good are the Vikings at finding that player, you know? So uh, if it means drafting two receivers, I would be okay with that too. Because we know Rick's going to move around and gather picks and blah, 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 but do what he does. So uh, take some chances in the draft, probably take two chances in the draft at a receiver uh you would think one of them would work out and be sort of a an option a viable option there considering the fact that the vikings i mean they barely rostered six receivers again i don't consider chisna to be a true receiver um they could easily extend their roster out to you know have more capable guys guys that are you know they Generally speaking, a good a good throwing football team, a vertical offense is going to roster at least six capable receivers. Mm -hmm. You think of, you know, the, the Chiefs, for example, I'll use your example. I mean, they got Demarcus Robinson at the bottom of their at the bottom of their depth chart at receiver. Pretty quality player guy that's made a, made a lot of big plays for them um, probably would be a, you know, maybe a two or a three in a different offense. Uh, yeah. The Vikings. Sammy don't Watkins have... when healthy is there. Uh, right. You got Michael or Michael Hardman, who's just right. basically a burner. Um, you know, there's there's weapons there uh, and they're surrounding their their quarterback with as many viable receiving options that they can. And I think that's this. I think that's more important to me uh, than offensive line. And I know people are going to look at the Super Bowl and say, well, Chiefs now an offensive line. That's how they lost um, on the flip side. Chiefs could stop the Bucks. Um, and part of that is they just didn't have an answer for any of those receivers. Uh, so there's there's a, there's both sides to that coin. In the result of that Super Bowl, but getting to that point, I think Kansas City did that 
uh, more due to the fact that they found two superstars at that position. And then they had great compliments of speed and athleticism around them. I don't think the Vikings have that right now. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll get to offensive line eventually. It's going to happen. We're going to talk about it, but I want to talk a little bit about tight end real quick, just because I think it bleeds into wide receiver. Um, sure. And I'm sure all of you are aware of the news that came out with Kyle Rudolph, where he essentially has stated, and he said this in the past too, this is nothing new, uh, but he's not going to restructure his contract. He believes he's worth the value that he is. And he's disappointed in kind of the way he's being played. Uh, he was essentially put into the Rob Gronkowski role, uh, or I guess the Rob Gronkowski role in Tampa Bay specifically uh, with the Vikings this last season, where he was asked to block a whole lot more than usual. And he considers himself and really, I consider himself to be as well, uh, a, you know, a receiving tight end. Uh, so there's a real chance that Kyle Rudolph's not going to return here. Uh, he's one of the easiest ways for the Vikings to create cap space right now is to, you know, cut terms with uh, Kyle Rudolph. So that leaves you with an interesting depth chart at tight end. Irv Smith, who has two years of experience. Uh, this last season was nice. Uh, we saw some production. We saw some, you know, upgrades in terms of his ability to block. Uh, and we saw him become a more well-rounded receiving threat uh, this season. Is he a number one tight end at the NFL level yet? I don't think we have a yes or no to that question yet. I just don't think we've seen enough. The other guy that's sitting behind him, I have even more questions about in Tyler Conklin, who, again, some really nice moments couple of big chain moving catches this past season. He also showed some ability to you know make moves in open space and get the ball downfield. But again, how many snaps does this guy have? It's it's not a lot. I don't have the number in front of me, but it's not a lot. And so my point being here is I think you have to look at the tight end position too. The same way for all the same reasons that you're saying, you know, you need a third, a quality third receiver. I think you need a quality second string tight end at the very least, and maybe three, depending on Rudolph's status. Um, there are some options in free agency. None of them are particularly good, in my opinion. I'm okay with taking a flyer on like Tyler Eifert, but I don't think most people are. Um, so I think you have to look this way in the draft as well. And the Vikings have, you know, pretty consistently drafted tight ends in the mid rounds, mm -hmm. particularly on day two and day three. Um, but I think that's a position group that, you know, it's, it's going to be glossed over because of, you know, the clamoring for offensive linemen. Uh, but I do think that it's an important thing, especially if you ultimately are forced, the Vikings hand is forced and they are need to move on from Kyler Rudolph. I think it's about how they feel about Conklin. Um, and I actually, I didn't hate what I saw when he was given kind of a bigger role down the stretch with, you know, Rudolph dealing with an injury and whatnot. Right. Um, I thought he served as a solid complimentary piece now i didn't go back and you know look at it blocking precisely so i don't someone can maybe educate me on how he is as a blocker i don't have the um i didn't go back and watch that closely but uh he seemed to be a solid enough receiving option um which is what you need but then you know if you trust conklin there then you can kind of work on maybe a third tight end uh later in the draft or maybe a you know cheapy in free agency um, you know, and, and if you don't like Conklin there, that's when you kind of have to move up, be more aggressive, find that piece next to Irv there. So, but I do like Irv. I think he's in for a breakout season if he becomes that number one tight end. We'll see what the Vikings do with Rudolph. Uh, I would imagine that's probably it for him in Minnesota for as awesome as he's been. Uh, so yeah, that's another interesting one too. That's a good one to bring up because there's a lot that, um, you know, that's a position that doesn't get a ton of run in terms of overall total snaps. Right. But uh, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the Vikings not having, you know, having 
two only competent receivers, then you got to go get someone else a tight end, right? I mean, you can't address neither of these positions, I think. I would agree. And for the record, you know, I know this guy is polarizing, um, not in the sense that he's a bad person, but uh, polarizing in terms of his play. And that's Trey Burton, who the Vikings actually went after uh, the last time he was a free agent. Um, he ultimately went to Chicago and we all know how that went, but he's a free agent once again, and his market value has significantly dropped. Uh, Spot rack has him under a million dollars. Just something to think about. I don't particularly like Burton either. He's always hurt. Um, and I know that Mike, Mike Zimmer is, you know, can't make the club in the tub guy. So I don't know how realistic a fit as it is, it is but um, something to consider. Other names, by the way, that are available in free agency. Johnny Smith coming off of his breakout season. I don't see him going anywhere, but the name is there. And then Michael Pruitt is another one. Um, of course, he was drafted by the Vikings several years back and has since uh, become a good complimentary piece, which is exactly what you're kind of looking for, assuming you believe that Irv Smith is the guy that I think a lot of mm -hmm. us believe he is. He is. So something to consider. Tight end is kind of like receiver. The more you can get, the better you are. Um, and the more pieces you can get around Kirk Cousins, of course, the better he theoretically is going to be. Now, Let's talk about the offensive line now because there's one other position group that I want to focus on, but it's going to turn into a rant of just me talking to myself. So let's talk about the offensive line here first. Uh, the, the group up front right now, you have four guys. You don't even really have a fifth starter at the right at the left guard position right now. Uh, I mean, do you have guys on your roster who can play that spot? Yes. Kyle Hinton can play that spot. I mean, you know, Drew Samia. <laughs> He can play that spot. Do you want either of those guys to play those spots? The answer is no. So that's why everyone's so loud about the guard position in specific, specifically. I don't think the Vikings are doing anything at tackle. I don't expect Riley, Riley Reeve to be cut. I don't think they're going to try to replace him this year. That might be a next year thing for me. Uh, but for now, I think the real, the real focus here is on guard, like all of you guys have been saying. Um, I think the, the difference here is how much do you value guard? Because there are some people who are like, go out and get Joe Tooney or it's a bust, right? And there's other people who are like, just draft a guy and see what happens. Like the guard position doesn't matter. Kind of like our team at Climb in the Pocket seems to feel kind of collectively as a group. I tend to side with those guys because I don't think that the guard position, generally speaking, is all that valuable. If you think about the five spots on the offensive line, in my opinion, it goes left tackle, right tackle, center, right guard, left guard. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I, it's one of the least viable positions in the on the 22 man depth chart, right? Uh, to me, I mean, I think depending on how you feel about kicker, I mean, I could I could see an argument where kicker is more valuable uh, than that. Uh, so I it's think like Vikings fans as a whole can see that, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I mean, I, I yeah, that's kind of why I'm you know. I'm basically right now I can with the way the Vikings are constructed and we'll talk about defense maybe in the next show, but just get the best player available. I mean, there's a, you're going to be able to fit that player into your plan for the franchise. Regardless, don't draft for position really at all in this draft, unless it becomes a situation where you're drafting the same position multiple times to the point where it's like unhealthy. You got four guards, but like right. just draft the best player available. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, because like you could draft another cornerback, like the Vikings need one. You could draft another linebacker. Vikings probably need one down the stretch here with Barr and Kendricks, the health issue, plus the fact that you know the Barr and probably is, gone. Right, Wilson's gone. Uh, you could probably need another safety uh, at some point here, uh, whether it's Harrison Smith's age, whether it's Anthony Harris's production, and the un uncertain future there. 
you need all kinds of pass rushers uh, on the defensive line. So, I mean, there's, and then of course, offensively, you can get a receiver. We talked about that. You can get a tight end. We talked about that. You can drop the quarterback because there's a, there's reason for that. Uh, just don't drop the running back, I guess, in the first round. But point is like, there's really anywhere on this roster, you can fit a draft pick uh, and you can fit them into your plan because that's how depleted this roster is at this point. So get the best player available. And I guess in terms of positional value, no guard is not up there for me, but if, you know, I haven't, if if the best guard in the draft is there and he is the best player available, which I don't see a scenario where that's the case, but um, just draft the best guy available. And if that's, a guard, I guess so be it, but I don't see the, a guard position being a huge impact here um, or for the Vikings. I think there's other uh, improvements that need to be made. I would agree with you in terms of, you know, the draft. Uh, I don't, I, I still don't really like the Garrett Bradbury pick. I didn't like it at the no. time. I mean, I don't hate Garrett Bradbury and I honestly, I thought he'd be better than he is right now. So, um, but I still didn't like the pick because of what you're talking about, the positional That's what, value. Uh, I think PFF called that the biggest draft blunder by the Vikings in the last decade. So, which includes the Christian Ponder pick, which includes the Laquan Treadwell pick. So that's how they feel about it. And like, that's about the positional value, right? Like that's what we're talking about when we say how much is a, is a great guard going to improve this team versus a mediocre to below average guard. How much is that going to matter? The reality is it doesn't matter much um, because your positions that matter, obviously quarterback, but then receiver, you know, your, your tackles protecting the quarterback are much more impactful than the guard position. And I know you watch a Vikings game and you see Kirk get pressured from the interior and I get it happens a lot, but there are ways to scheme around that very, uh, you know, much, there are more ways to scheme around that than say a a tackle who cannot block as we saw with TJ Clemmings in 2016. So there's, that's why the position of value on the interior line. And that's why it's, you know, Garrett Bradbury is still going to have that job and still going to get that chance because uh, they took that chance, right? The Vikings got the first round relief and they used them on that. Uh, There's no reason to really change it up because, you're not going to see a massive improvement on the offense. If they do upgrade at center, bring in a big name, you know, it's not going to make a difference. So might as well ride it out. So I guess the question becomes now that we've kind of, at least this podcast has established that we're not super high on sinking your you know, your highest assets or, you know, your most important assets into a guard. Um, I don't think either of us is willing to sink $10 million per year into a guard. I don't care if it's Brandon Scherf, Joe Tooney, whoever it is. I'm not, if I'm in charge and there's a reason that I'm not, of course, um, I would not be sinking that much money into a guard. Um, I'm also not going to tie myself to, you know, a guy who's what Tooney's 29 Scherf is 30 uh, Lane Taylor's another one that's up there. He's 32. Uh, I'm not sinking four yeah. years and guaranteed money into one of those guys. When realistically in two years, you're probably gonna be drafting his replacement probably. Right. I mean, it, I know that the guard position is kind of weird in terms of age. Like you see some guys play the position well until they're 38. And then you see other guys like another guy who's on free agency right now that we talked about four years ago in Mike Upati. I mean, he has a nothing market value now. That's a guy that we all really, really you know, mm-hmm. bang the table for. I think that was four years ago. It's not yeah, even that long I think ago. He, he may have just announced his retirement, but like it's a, uh, but he fell off a cliff guy. is my point. Yeah. yeah. You just, and you can't tell, like you just, you never know either with some of these guys. So 
so what do you do? That's kind of that's my question here. Is what what do you do? Because you have to do something. There needs to be probably at least two more guards on the roster than there are right now. And then one of that could be promoting Kyle Hinton to being the you know full time fifty three man. Sure, roster give guy. him a chance. Like. I mean, honestly, it can't get any worse. But then here's the other thing about this, right? So we're we are focusing so much energy and time as a fan base, as followers of the Vikings, on this guard spot. Uh, and this discussion we've had so far has been so much about what needs to change, what needs to improve. The Vikings are, were arguably a top five offense last year, for sure, top ten uh, in terms of efficiency, or in terms of your aggregate totals and points and yards. You know, they were good. This was a good offense. Uh, compared to the rest of the league. And so, you know, you're seeing, like, we can complain about guard, we can complain about all these things. How much does it really matter? Like, how, like, are the Vikings going to be suddenly the number one offense in the league if they get, you know, Tooney or some elite offensive lineman in this draft? Probably not. You're probably not going to surpass Mahomes in Kansas City, right? You're probably not going to surpass Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. You're, it's not it's not that much of a change that's going to happen. And so why not use those resources on a position, on a you know portion of the roster where it's sorely needed? All right, which... let, me cut you, let me cut you off right there because I think this question becomes important immediately. So you asked that you said, does this offense get better if you, you know, bring in Brandon Scherf? Let's say you decide to pay him $12 mm-hmm. million dollars a year and you slot him into that spot. Does this offense get significantly better than it was last year? You're saying probably not. Marginally better for sure. I don't think it's a drastic change is my point. But yeah, okay. I would agree with you on that. Okay. So then the question becomes, if you go out and get Devontae Smith, for example, does this offense have a chance to go from top 10-ish to top three-ish? I think the answer to that que- this question is yes. If it's you go get Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase or Allen Robinson or take <laughs> your pick of you know a superstar pass catcher, I think this offense has a very real chance to elevate well beyond where they was last year versus if you're going to get a guard, we might improve Dalvin Cook's yards per carry by 0.2. And how much of a difference is that going to make when you're down 20 to seven in the fourth quarter and you need to throw the ball anyways? So the Vikings will still run the ball there, but (laughs) let's hope they don't. But just for your, for your reference, I know that Sheriff and Tooney are the two guys that are going to get the most traction around here. They're, they're going to make a lot of money. I mean, I, they're good players. They deserve to get Which, those contracts. What's the, you know, I know the Vikings are able to create this, the cap space to do like, there's ways they can get around it. They can, you know, they can trade Harrison Smith. They could obviously the Rudolph one we talked about um, there's ways around it. And I think Riley Reeves may be another candidate for it. Mm-hmm. So there's ways around it. But then at that point, you know, like for example, Riley Reef. You're gonna get rid of Riley Reef. That's a, potentially your best offensive lineman that you're getting rid of, right? So, like, I don't know. It's it's. I don't see the huge. Um, I'm not agreeing with the huge demand for adding guard play as the top priority. There's four or five other priorities that I would place above the guard position here. So, for the record, Spot Rack, which generally speaking, I think does a pretty good job in terms of projecting market value. They've got Brandon Scherf at about thirteen million a hair underneath, and Joe Tooney at a hair above fifteen million per year. That's just not a number I'm okay with. So no. let's look at let's look at some more realistic options here that are available in free agency. I think the first one that a lot of people are going to say it just immediately is Forrest Lamp because a lot of us did the draft 2016, work on Forrest 2017? Lamp. Twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Yeah, and really, yeah, really, really liked Forrest Lamp and his tape and you know his athleticism, especially in a you know a zone blocking scheme that would ask him to pull. Um, he's going to be available. 
and he's going to have a low market value because of injuries, because of lack of production, uh, because of just lack of playing time in general. So he is available. I don't know what his market value is. I don't think anyone really does, but I think he's cheaper and a, you know, a more accessible option. Another one is Kalechi and Semele, 32 years old, uh, just played for the Chiefs, does not really a great look. Uh, coming off of the Super Bowl, of course, but uh, he is going to be available for a much cheaper price than what the Vikings were, you know, reportedly looking at trading for him. I think that was two years ago uh, mm-hmm. when the Vikings were looking at Osemele before uh, he went ahead and signed with, was it Oakland, I believe? Yeah, I think so. Uh, other options here, DJ Fluker. Uh, he's 30 years old. Now that makes me feel old because I remember when he was, you know, I remember doing his draft stuff. Chance Warmack, another one. He's also 30 years old now, a former bust and a guy that I've actually said the Vikings should take a flyer on before. Um, but most of these guys here, I just don't think you're getting – you're going to get what you paid for. If you don't get Scherf or Tooney, and to me, you can't pay that much money for him, I don't think – you know, you can't really overpay for any of these other guys because, like we've been saying, you know, the, the, the value at the position is not high enough to warrant a massive contract for a guy who is – average at his position i think the kind of the greatest like the guy who separates the separator in this free agency period right you've got scherf and tooney on like the great all pro caliber side but then you've got jr sweezy who's right in the center there who's like very average he's going to give you consistently average football play at the guard position which for the record i would love to have I'd love to have average play at the guard position at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it just like you guys are. But you probably have to overpay for average. Are you willing to overpay for average when you could instead sink that money somewhere else and potentially you know, pay market value for a superstar uh, or a stud, right? Or just a, maybe just a quality player. The Vikings don't have the cap room to just you know, to make anything less than a shrewd move in free agency. They have to hit if they're if they're going to spend big money, um, which I don't think they're going to. But if they do decide to free up some cap space, they absolutely have to hit. If they miss, we're screwed for another f- couple of years. So I, I just, you know, I don't think that there's a guy in free agency that you no. like enough to pay. I just I just don't I mean, I, I, in any circumstance, right? In any free agency signing, I'm always going to look at the actual terms of the contract first before I really judge it. But I don't see a scenario where one of these, like these, you know, the, first of all, those top couple guards that you mentioned, Tooney Scherf, but then also, you know, you go on this list here, it's, you got to get down quite a ways to get something where I think it'll be something the Vikings can realistically get with their situation now. But I'll say, I mean, based on this, this past season, I mean, any free agency signing is probably going to be like, Hey, nice. You know, we'll give you a shot. Like there's, it got that bad. Um, and it's, you know, the good thing about the position in a way for the Vikings is that it's not detrimental because again, top 10 offense, but um, that did seem to be sort of the, uh, you know, the kryptonite to the Vikings at times was just that interior pressure. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly uh, uh, something to address during the off season. I would put it behind several other things though. A couple other names here before we move on here. Uh, John Miller, Austin Blythe, Ryan Winters, like I said, skim pickings here if you don't get sure for Tooney. And again, I'm not going to bang the table for those guys because, I mean, I guess it comes down to this. is like, would you rather have Harrison Smith back and, and, you know, maybe a third or fourth round guard or have no Harrison Smith have to replace the safety position probably maybe twice with Harris potentially yeah. leaving as well um, and then get a guy like Joe Tooney? 
I think a lot of us would agree that it's just not worth it. It's just mm-hmm. not worth it. But you got to do something. And um, we'll we'll you know we'll see what the Vikings. You know, I mean, I'm all for taking a bunch of kind of as you say like say flyers on cheap guys on draft picks. Um, you know, I'm talking like mid rounders, things like that. Uh, but just just don't you know overindulge on a position that to me I don't think it's going to make huge a huge impact on the success of the offense. Uh, you know, there's a, there's maybe a handful of plays. In the in, you know throughout the course of a game where having a terrible guard is actually a huge detriment, right? I mean, the rest of the game usually, if your guard can, if, if this guy or both of them, I guess, can you know hold their own during the course of the play, it's going to work out. All right, that's kind of you know I'm, I feel like I'm on the same page with you there. Hopefully, uh, we've knocked some sense into a few people here. That fifteen million dollar price tag is just too much for me. I, <laughs> I mean, you can give me every argument you want for how good. I mean, and there's hey, some, maybe things happen. Maybe there's a huge trade. Maybe something happens where suddenly the Vikings have all kinds of cap space, and they suddenly do want to do the whole tanking thing, and things change. And I don't know, there's a lot of areas. I mean, clearly this offseason is going to be nuts, but at this point in time, I just don't see the the reason to really uh, invest at that position. I'd agree. Uh, just a couple other things here of note. Dakota Dozier is officially a free agent. Uh, that was your starter last year. That's why the Vikings had that open spot. Rashad Hill, also a free agent as well. You're going to need to get a swing tackle at some point. Um, could that be Aliudo? Maybe. Uh, do you mean, probably at this need point, to it's Ezra Cleveland right now, right? I mean, could be him too. Um, and then you also look at Brett, Brett Jones, who has been sort of your interior movable piece. He is also a free agent as well. So something's going to need to be get, be done there. And uh, I think we can all agree that, you know, that it's in the best interest of the Vikings to do something, right? Do something just like Drew said. I think he put it perfectly. Don't overindulge. It's very important here uh, for the future of this franchise and also the present as well. Uh, final position here that I want to talk about uh, is the quarterback position, which no one really wants to talk about. I even started the top of the show by saying Kirk Cousins is going to be your quarterback uh, when football breaks this fall. Uh, but I think Drew brought up a point, you know, inadvertently that you could draft a quarterback. You could also just do something right. You got to do something. And th- for, for the record, you, you literally have to, because Sean Mannion, thank God is a free agent. So the Vikings are going to do something at that position here. Now, there's two routes that you can go. The Vikings have historically done the route that I hate more than just about anything else outside of drafting punters. And that is drafting a clipboard holder, a guy that's just going to be a coach. The Nate Stanley. Yeah. Uh, You have that option. I'm tired of it. I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, The other options, you mentioned Nate Stanley. The Vikings have also sunk assets into Jake Browning as well, giving him, you know, the significant amount of chunk of change as an undrafted free agent. Uh, There are other guys here at this position, but realistically speaking, uh, the Vikings depth chart right now is basically Kirk Cousins. So I ask you, do you draft a quarterback? Do you sign a guy? Are you a proponent of drafting a guy who, you know, might push Kirk Cousins or maybe just drafting a guy who is just a guy? You know, someone like Taylor Heineke, for example. Yeah. It's well, like you could trust off the bench. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, I'm not trying to, I'm not vying to draft a guy to push Kirk Cousins. Um, not yet. I, I think eventually, we, I mean, we've had discussion about Kirk, right? Um, where best long term for the franchise probably is to move on from that contract if you can and trade it before I think that 2022 cap 
hit becomes guaranteed. I think that's actually in the next few weeks here where that number becomes guaranteed, but um, it doesn't appear as if that's likely right now. So I think the next step then is to, you know, if you can go after your kind of next franchise quarterback, or at least attempt to go for that pick. And in this draft, you have a few guys at the top there that are garnering that interest, right? You got Lawrence, you got Wilson, you got Fields, Trey Lance a little bit. Uh, Mac Jones seems to be getting some popularity now. That was so, going to be my question. It was Mac Jones. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of options there. And the position is so important that, you know, it's one of those, it's kind of the opposite of the spectrum of guard, right? Where the guard, it's not, I mean, I, I don't mean this to like, I, with all due respect to the, you know, football players that play the guard position, right? Like I, the quarterback position is so valuable that it's almost worth over investing at the spot. And the Vikings have done not that um, outside of obviously the humongous Kirk contract, but uh, the backup spot, they've not paid attention to it at all over the years. They should start doing that. And I think the great way to do that is to draft the guy first round. If you get the chance, if one of them does fall, um, you not only have a, a backup that would presumably be better than what you've had in the past, but also Please. now you have a little bit of kind of a sort of uh, direction, sense of direction for the franchise where, all right, here's the deal. Kirk, you got a couple of years here, unless you blow us out of the water, you know, with your super, you overly impress us, you make a nice deep playoff run, something like that. We're going to move on with this new young kid, start over the franchise. We're going to kind of make that transition here over the next couple of years. And that's the plan. I, I think that'd be a great option for the Vikings to pursue here. And of course, if they don't do that. I think option B then would be draft somebody in the mid rounds, uh, you know, second, third, fourth round uh, to be your backup. You have to not have Sean Manning as your backup. Uh, so I think using draft capital on quarterback, I think you should do it pretty much every year to some degree. Mm-hmm. I think this is a year where the Vikings can really uh, invest in the position. First point, I'm glad that you didn't even bring up free agency because I no. don't understand going out and getting a free agent quarterback here. Again, I'm so t- sick of the clipboard holder thing. Give me a guy who can step in and play football when you need him to play football. Straight up. Like, COVID's going to be around again. What if Kirk Cousins gets COVID and you lose him for one, maybe two weeks? Do you really want Sean Mannion or someone like him to be your quarterback Brian for Hoyer. two full weeks? Like no, I'm just not doing it anymore. Like you can't, you can't. Remember you can't Josh win Freeman? Po- Remember the whole, all the holes the Vikings have put themselves in by having their starting quarterback get hurt. It's not just the Sam Bradford trade. I mean, it's it's going out and having to get Brett Favre too because you don't trust Tavares Jackson. Like the Vikings have been forced to make so many moves to the quarterback position and sinking well above market McNabb. value. Donovan McDaniel. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, there's so many of these mistakes. Just draft a guy. Just draft him. And uh, does it need to be in the first round? I don't know. I mean, that was kind of going to be my final question to you is, you know, at what No, it doesn't have to be. Um, But can it be? Can it be? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I will be very happy if they gamble on a quarterback, even if they they trade up and get a quarterback. Uh, Because that tells me that they are um, aware of the fact that, hey, Maybe the Kirk signing, maybe we were ultimately wrong about it, or maybe it's just not going to work out in the end. And they want to give the franchise a sense of direction, which it doesn't seem that there is one right now. Are they trying to stay competitive? Are they trying to be a playoff contender right now? Are they trying to build for the future? I mean, serious mixed uh, signals over the past, you know, 365 days with this franchise. Nobody has any idea 
and so I would like to see, you know, if they go after the quarterback position here, that tells me, okay, we understand right now, probably not a contender at this point with this roster, um, but we want to become one soon. And that starts with the quarterback position. And I, as we've said over and over, the best way to contend for a Super Bowl uh, nowadays is to get that, find that stud quarterback on a rookie contract and then build around him during those four to five years you have him. That's the best Super Bowl formula that there is. And uh, you can't do that without drafting a quarterback and gambling on that position. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. And I hope the Vikings uh, are open to that gamble. You know, I would hate to see a guy slide. I mean, you mentioned what five names right there uh, that are considered, you know, not necessarily top tier, like three of them are top tier, but they're, you know, Trey Lance is a nice pick, right? If I would hate to see a guy like Zach Wilson, for example, who is continuing to skyrocket up boards. If he, you know, for whatever reason slides a little bit, I would hate to see the Vikings pass on mm-hmm. a guy like him to go get a guard, for example, like that would infuse. That would, that would make me irate. I would not like that. So we'll leave it there for now. Um, as always, feel free to leave your thoughts. Uh, I hope there's some disagreement with us here. Um, and I'm certain that there is. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's one more thought. The Vikings in 20, what was it? 2018. They had the chance to take like Lamar Jackson, for example. Right. Right. And they didn't. So, I mean, there's, there's like, that right there is an example of the potential future that you can that you're passing up by not just taking a chance at the quarterback position. Now it could be Mitch Trubisky, it could be like that is a, a possibility I'm acknowledging, but you're giving up a lot of potential greatness as well by just completely ignoring it and trying to just pay uh, in free agency for quarterbacks over and over. The juice is definitely worth the squeeze as it pertains to the quarterback position. It's worth the gamble almost every single time. Unless you're the Packers last year drafting a quarterback in the first round when you have Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, it's probably worth the gamble. And I think, you know, Philadelphia might even argue that it's probably that it's worth the gamble given what's kind of developed with them. Uh, drafting Jalen Hurts at the top of the second round and being able to move on from Carson Wentz, who did not look good last year, and getting draft compensation. I mean, that's one way to kind of find resources as a result of drafting a quarterback i mean what if just what if well you draft a quarterback yeah. who has some competency you can trade him jimmy garoppolo is another great example of this jacoby Brissett, an even better example a guy that you didn't even think was going to be a starter you end up getting draft capital back for a guy like jacoby Brissett. so if you draft a guy who can just put something on tape there's going to be someone who wants him. it's always a good investment always 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 a good investment so let's put a pin in it right there for now uh next week we'll be back like drew said uh to talk more about defense uh he, drew already mentioned a number of names that are going to change uh there's going to be significant change and it's not just anthony Barr returning or michael pierce coming back off the covid list uh anthony harris might be gone harrison smith could be restructured or gone as well um there are questions to be answered here and uh so i think that a podcast will be a little bit more fun uh, a little bit you know less uh kind of it's less definitive what the Vikings are going to do on defense. So we'll have some fun with that. And that's what we'll talk about next week. But in the meantime, please leave your comments in the daily Norseman comments section. Uh, you can also drop us a line on YouTube as well. If you prefer to watch the show, uh, check out climbing the pocket. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And we uh, will be back next week to talk about the things that we just went over there. And uh, yeah. So thanks for listening to the show, folks. We appreciate you, and we will catch you next week.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.